Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for what is tragically Season 6, Episode 1, the start of the last season of... I mean, I don't know that it's our favorite serial killer-themed show. You know, we have a certain fondness for a little uh, a show called Criminal Minds, and let's face it, uh, nothing's ever (laughs) going to beat Hannibal. Oh, and I still like... Is it? It's not unsub, but the one with uh, what's her face? Which one? You know that. And was it called? That wasn't unsub. Do you mean the inside? That was inside. The inside. Oh, yes. I loved the inside so much. You know, but it wasn't very long. And I, I am going to reserve judgment on Wire in the Blood until I've seen Cracker because yeah, the last these last episodes are more uneven, and it's like true. I. And I found this episode, um, it was good, and Tony was good, and it went back to some of the old tropes mm-hmm. from the beginning. And so it was fine, but it was a little more formulaic. I think that's true. At, at um, As a uh, at an episode of and, uh... Fire in the Blood. While we're never going to see a scene as, uh, again, as contrived as Tony's friend from America happened to throw a set of keys next to where a guy strangled a cop. This comes pretty close. This is pretty close. This is pretty close. I mean. For contrivance. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And. It's it's a problem. It it is definitely a problem, but I should tell you that in the last book that I read in the written series, right, um, that Carol is sort of gone, right. and so the person who has taken over is Alex. In the book, in the book, in the book. Now, what year Alex was that is- book made? Probably quite quite at the same time as the end. Oh, I'd oh, have to go back and yeah, check. Yeah, have to go back. Check. But anyway, continue. But anyway, or maybe she took the name from the so series. Oh, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except that she's quite different. Well, part of her is different than than the one in the show. But right. yes, I don't know whether which one went first, and I didn't bother checking. That's something that. we can look up later. But yeah. anyway, the point you were going to make was. So the point, I don't know what the point I was make was in that. It was just a little aside. Ah, okay. Um, you know, because it is, it's just, this was, as you say, just at times a little contrived. So let's, let's get, yes, and it is an issue in this in a way that even with well, it was an issue with his friend, too. That was the bigger, that was a bigger issue. I mean, here, yeah. okay, well, I mean, we'll get there when we get there. But it's like, yeah. let's say that, that Kevin's not here this week. Uh, Kevin's not here this week. He's replaced by Chris for one episode. And that is so that they can do this plot. Uh, yes. That, uh, with the Chris character. And, I mean, they need a red herring. Right. And for the whole first episode or most of the first episode, they want you to think that uh, could Chris be the killer? And you never think that for a second. 
Because, you know, you've seen television before. I've seen television before. No. And I like I can't remember whether the first time I ever watched this, I knew exactly who the killer was. You did. And we'll talk about it when we get there. Okay, but you but- absolutely know. You're not you're not remembering it, right? Because uh, no. when you get to the scene where they introduce the guy who turns out to be the killer, this is not a situation where, oh no, I knew this because I've seen this before. The first time we watched this, the second this guy appears on screen, you're like, "Oh, he's absolutely the killer." <laughs> okay, and because and you know how it fits. It's this old story, remember? Wh- which shows would we talk about it? Oh, I know Miami Vice, for example, right? Yeah. Not Miami Vice, CSI Miami. CSI Miami, like yes. the first person that, like, you always knew which person they were talking to. There was an order to the people that they accused. Yeah, and you well, always knew the trick that it I had learned for if you if you watch uh, CSI Miami, uh-huh. uh, the the trick with CSI Miami was if you watch the show, they accuse everyone they meet of murder, like every single character they run into. They say, is that why you killed her? It's almost yeah. always her. And then there'll be one character that they don't accuse of murder. <laughs> and then that person will turn out to have been the killer. Yeah. yeah. You know, and once you have the formula, yeah, and it doesn't take long. The formula, exactly. And really, Wire in the Blood has not done the formulaic thing. But in this case, it really felt formulaic because the person... Like, you just go, okay, this is the killer. You never see this person essentially again. And you sit and wonder, Wait, why? I have been wrong about that? Like, Well, how, why aren't they following up on this particular person? Why aren't they, you know, doing all of the things? Why yeah. don't they finding out? Yes, he knew one victim. Why aren't you finding out whether the yeah, other victims had contact? Victim. You know, know. <laughs> Because that's the way it would normally work on wire in the blood. Yeah. And it doesn't work, which means that, oh, yeah, I suppose we should kind of All do right, it. Let's, yeah, let's, let's try and get into the chronologically, because if you haven't seen the episode, this must be very frustrating. And I apologize. Yes. Uh, all right. So the episode opens with a guy dragging a suitcase through the woods, then setting that suitcase, not through the woods, through the plains and the hills, yes. and, like the foothills that are everywhere. Uh, and setting it on fire. So that's the first thing we see in the episode. Then we cut to, uh, Car- uh, I was about to say Carol. Now you got me thinking about it. Uh, Alex. Alex. Then we cut from there to Alex arrives and mops up the body. Right? Uh, you know, grabs the body. It was uh, found by people just walking around. They found no tire tracks. And the person walked on the gravel, so there's no footprints. So it's really difficult to find. Then we get the uh, character Chris introduced, uh, you know, pushing his way into a woman's house and assaulting her. Uh, And you're like, oh, my God, is he really a cop? Is he the killer we're looking for? No, this is just a sex game they're playing. It's fine. I mean, it's not healthy, but it's it's fine. Yeah, no, not healthy. These are not as healthy will, people, as we will discover over the course of the episode. Yeah, not nobody in this episode is, that you is doing into. well. I mean, there are other red herrings that are going to come up, but this is the big sort of red yeah. herring. Hey, it's the big one, yeah. And then we cut into the uh, office, and we find out that, uh, and we find out that Chris, this new character who used to be in Vice. And he's going to be there covering for Kevin for a month while he's off on some assignment. And so uh, we find out that he works there and he says he was visiting an informant. So we know that he's a liar. 
right? Yes. Like the first thing we learn about this character is involved in sex games and is a liar. So it's like not off to a great start with us is the character Chris. Yes. And he never does recover from that. No, he doesn't. He's not a great guy. <laughs> he doesn't seem fantastic at his job. But uh, we do at the uh, in the scene in the office, we find out that a woman has been de- had, I was about to say declared, announced, reported missing by her family uh, four weeks earlier, and she's Kurdish. Yes. And so they go to the family to do the notification that she has died. And Well, oh yes, and of course, in the meantime, just, just to make sure that we understand that Chris is a bad guy. Yeah. You know, and uh, they they talk about the honor killing thing. Yeah, that he has. It's like, maybe it's an honor killing. Who knows? <laughs> well, to be, I like that the thing they do with, uh, with Chris is they have him say, I mean, I don't want to do the stereotype, but. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, but then you said it. <laughs> you know, and Alex says, and you're not to say this to the parents. Yeah. Exactly. When we go to notify. Yeah. Don't bring that up. All right, uh, so they go and they see the father and they want to know what happened to her. And apparently now they they do suspect the family. And to be fair, Chris isn't just a racist. Six months no. ago or uh, five months ago or something like that, there had been police called out to the house because a fight between him uh, and his wife and the daughter had gotten so, you know, loud and violent that the cops were called out there. So it's not completely unreasonable that they have to look at the family. Well, yes, but Chris didn't know that when he made no, the No, he did know he did not, but still. Okay, so you have the... Plus, of course, you have the father, and then you have the mother screaming at him in Kurdish. Not to say no, anything. No, don't, ta- don't say anything. You can't tell them yeah. anything. Exactly. Right? And so, yes, there's a problem here. This girl has been going out at nights, mm-hmm. and they're going, well, no, she doesn't have a boyfriend. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah so. But specifically, the fight was over her refusing to go back to Kurdistan and get her, uh, herself, which, in case you're wondering where uh, Kurdistan is, it's northern Iraq. Sensible people call it, think of it as Kurdistan because, you know, it is, fun fact, the Kurds are the largest ethnic group on earth to not have their own country. Yes, well... We don't want to get political. We're not going to get political, but they're trapped between Iraq and Turkey, and neither group likes them very much. So it's not great. Uh, yes, and um, it's not and great people, being Kurdish. Is the point? No, and so, but there she's supposed to go back and get married. They yes. think this will solve all the problems. Yeah, all the problems they're having out, with her. Yes. And, and of course. Yeah. And so in order to keep from having to admit anything about their uh you know what was going on with the daughter, the father confesses to murdering her. And he plays into their racist assumptions and says, Yep, it was an honor killing, she disobeyed the family, and I had her and I hired a guy to kill her. Yes. Yeah. And meanwhile, Tony has completely <laughs> coincidentally showed up at the offices. An amazing coincidence, uh, because his neighbor is, uh, his neighbor is, uh, thinks that Tony is following him and has asked to have a restraining order put on Tony. (laughs) Made a serious complaint against Tony. 
and so now Tony's got to deal with it, and he was hoping that Alex could deal with it, but, you know, she's got a corpse inside of a... And he's like, oh, you've got a corpse inside of a suitcase. Whoops, sorry about this. I, it was foolish of me to come in and assume you could just drop everything and deal with my crazy neighbor. Which it was. Yes. But they're friends. It's understandable that he would do that. Right? And then uh, Tony goes and he does the classic thing of listening in uh, and giving her information through the ear mic. And he points out that the father does not have, is not making believable statements. Like, he doesn't have any like, information about how he met this supposed guy who does honor killings or how he paid him. And then sometimes he's saying, I killed her. And sometimes he's saying he killed her. And so it's like, obviously, this guy is just making up a story. And yes. so Tony confronts him with the fact that his daughter was brutally mutilated. Right? Yes. And then he says to him, do you under... And the man was just shooken. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and and then Tony, you know, just says, you do understand what mutilated means. Yeah. And he says, yes. They didn't find, and this was the thing, they didn't find all the body parts. Yes. Uh, in the, the teeth, suitcase. And what's interesting is the uh, teeth were removed and the limbs were removed. So it's ju- there was just a torso in the suitcase. Ugh. And the head? And the head was in the suitcase. That's one of the reasons they were able to identify her so quickly. Yes, because she had already been declared missing. Exactly. So they looked for someone who was missing, who was a Middle Eastern woman of that rough age, and they found her right away. Yes. And then Tony decides that he needs to go and see where the body was found Mm -hmm. and the suitcase. And what Tony notes is that there are no handles on the suitcase. Yep. And Alex says, well, maybe they just burned up. And he said, no, no. The rest of the suitcase is here. Why would the pressed plastic handles have burned up? Yeah. So he says, nah. He said, I think they broke and he had to burn it here because he was going to drag it all the way to the edge of the cliff and drop it in the river. Well, uh, it's not even a cliff. It's that if you walk over the hill that he was walking up to, there's like just a lake on the other side. Okay, it's a lake. Yeah, it's a right. lake right on the other side of the hill that they didn't uh, they didn't end up seeing. Yeah. So what do they do? They decide to, to drag. And as Tony says, and she's like, yeah, but wouldn't it float right up? And it's like, Tony's like, there's rocks all around here. You don't weigh down the suitcase until you get here because you know there's rocks already here. And that way it'll be guaranteed to sink. And okay, then so- Tony points out, but I doubt that this is the first time he's thought of doing this. Yes. <laughs> So, and Alex phones Chris and says, well, you've got to organize a dive. Yep. And of course, Chris is off with his woman. Yep. Scaring the hell out of her. Yeah. Well, this isn't the, uh, this isn't the fake assault scene. This is just them together while he's supposed to be doing his job. Yeah. And so, you know, but he does do this job. He gets the dive, dive teams out there and they find at least two and then they find a third so that's four people so far we don't know so actually the scenes with the uh coroner were actually quite good i love the coroner he's he went on to be in a ton of stuff (laughs) yeah like you've seen this guy in so many things over the years like it's one of these actors who this might be the earliest thing i saw him in but it's like he's in everything 
it's one of those actors that you just see all over the place. I mean, he was, what was the show he was in like a huge amount of? I'm trying to remember. You know what? I have to check. Uh, no, he was in like every episode of Luther. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, the, the like tech, the science guy, you know, the guy who Luther goes for information about on the internet and stuff. He's like, you know, the shady looking guy there. And he's the new uh, corner for this season. Yeah. And he's, he's actually an enjoyable character. He's a lot of fun and he's here for the whole season. So yay. Yay. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it was, so he has four bodies now. Yeah. They got four corpses. Yes. uh, That's Mm -hmm. the, uh, oof, strangled and dismembered. One male, one female. No, all the others are females, but and they just male. find a third one. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. There's the one man and two women in there. No, wait, no, no, no. There's two men and one woman. So there have been four victims, two men and two women so far. And uh, that's no, actually important. Because, yeah, no, because Tony works out that there's still a first body. No, no, one of the three bodies they don't identify. They're unable to identify. They're unable okay. to identify the second male body, and that becomes important later. For obvious reasons. Okay, I was tired last night it's when okay. I watched it. And so they come to... they. Of course, this leads Alex to go back to the father and say, well, obviously you're not a serial killer. Right? Yes. So, so why don't you tell what was going on? Who are you trying to protect? Yeah, all your, yeah exactly. Like, you're protecting your daughter, you're protecting the man who killed her. And he yes. admits that his daughter was a sex worker, and that's what brought so much shame to the family. Yes. Yeah. Not only that she was a sex worker, but she was into rather... Yes. Well, as, as the way the dad says it, her room was full of magazines and devices. Yes. And that is all he can say, which he admits that he took out to a vacant lot and burned that very night. So yes. that no one would find out about what was going on with his daughter. So then off they go to get the man to take them to the site where he burned everything. And that's where they find the very, very expensive, apparently, but, but, um, uh, nipple clips. Yeah. Which will be important later. Which becomes important later. Yeah. Although we do have the, uh, because they the don't, but moment. they don't, they don't they know don't what they know are right away. Yeah, they don't know what they are. They're just looking at this. Yeah, they got a chain with that. It seems to have some, you know, very scary looking clamps on the end of it. And they don't immediately know what it is. And, uh, oof. Yeah, seeing the. Well, of course, Chris does. (laughs) (laughs) But the, uh, the, the scary part is that when they're talking to the, uh, coroner, the, uh, he talks about how, how they were bound. And that winds up becoming very important. They were bound in this elaborate way where oh. they kept their arms out. And if they tried to struggle loose, it choked them. And that, of course, since we're about to look into the SNM world, it's an obvious connection. Yes. Yeah. It is. Is it at this point that they figure out that they are being tied so that he can cut? Oh, no, no. Yeah, so he can... Uh, uh, no, I, they kind of start getting into the idea that, uh, if you do the ligature enough, it'll make it easy to cut off the limbs, but they don't get into the limb stuff until a little later on. 
Yeah, the third victim oh, it was the. Uh, it was. Yeah. Oh. This is when they talk about the various victims. And ugh, every couple of months, this guy is picking up a new victim. He grabs the people. He keeps them locked up for weeks because this, uh, the woman who just showed up dead had disappeared four weeks ago, but yes. she only died two days ago. Yes. But yeah. So, and the oldest and victim went into the water a year earlier. Yes. And then they, and there was a young victim, a young male. 15 year old boy. Yeah. So they, it, but it is so unpleasant. I know. If there is anything I want to say about this. This episode, week's episode is, it's rough. Right. And then um, I guess they're back at the station and this is where Alex brings out the nail. Yep. Uh, the, uh, the, the yeah, they're going over the various evidence. And as Tony said, Tony points out that uh, the guy was a, because uh, Chris points out like, uh, well, if this guy is so sophisticated and so advanced, why is he using the cheapest luggage in the world to dump them in? And Tony's like, because it's he's buying the cheap luggage, because you can buy the cheap luggage anywhere. Like, you go into a market stall yes. and you give them a couple of bucks for a piece of luggage. You paid cash. There's no CCTV and they're not going to remember you. But the fact is, the fa he bought cheap luggage and that's what made, you know, that was their lucky break, was that he did use the cheap luggage. And yeah. as Tony says, like, it worked fine three times in a row. It was just the fourth time he got very unlucky and we got very lucky. Yes. And that was all there was to it. Yeah. And then Chris does identify the, the nipple clips nipple as being clips. nipple clips. And so they decide that Chris has got to go, I guess, with Alex to all of, no, yeah. with Paula. Yeah, Paula. With Paula to the, to the, the sex shop. To see who might have sold it. And then they go to the sex shop. There's one sex shop. And it's, I mean, that, that scene too is very good. Yeah. Where he says, well, these are really expensive. He said, no, I don't Someone sell Someone custom them. made these. Yes. They are extremely expensive. And um, there's no way that I would sell, be selling them. And well, okay. So where are we going to find? Well, they're used in, you know, some of these sex clubs. Well, yes, but which ones? Well, ones that I can't get into <laughs> and I can't afford. And eventually they get a name for yeah, a but sex club. Before we get to the sex club, we yeah. uh, go and we find out about the... Uh, uh, Jesus. Yeah, we find <laughs> out about the other couple episode. of victims. We find out about uh, the other two victims, one of whom was kicked out of school for selling marijuana. Yeah. Right? And one of the was a woman who was super depressed, middle-aged woman who was super depressed about her life. And then she was sent to a and her friend right, uh, told her to go and see a therapist because she was so depressed about her life. And, the, and he's like, uh, she found a name in the phone book, and went to see him. So they go to see the therapist. He managed to remember the name. And I don't want to be too terrible about this, but literally the moment this man appears on screen, you're you like, go. oh, well, obviously he's the killer. Yes, you just know it just by looking at just him. Just the moment you see him, you're like, oh, this guy is obviously the killer. Yeah. He's a counselor. He's and a actually, counselor. it was the woman's It was the woman's brother. Oh, it was the brother. Who found his name. Yes, yeah, it was the brother. Yeah, the brother who yeah. found who found the therapist in the yellow pages. Yes. Jesus. Uh, oh, yeah, hopefully Tony doesn't, uh, you know, tell him. 
the how he accidentally got his sister killed. But whatever. Uh, we'll assume Tony doesn't. Yeah, but the 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 it's one of the weirdest things where it's like literally the moment he appears on screen, <laughs> you're like, of you course you're the killer. You have to be the killer. I've seen this. Yeah. You're so creepy. Like the minute he's on screen, he's so creepy. And I'm not like the actor does a really good job. I mean, you see like where they go with this character. I understand why they wanted the creepiest guy in the world, but oof. Oh, yeah. You cannot and, hide it at all. Yeah. And then you and then you find out about the 15-year-old boy. Yep. And they've gone to the school. Yeah, and that's where they find out that he was uh Yes. Yeah, that he was kicked out and they and Chris checks on that. And he said that, no, he was not a, uh, he was not like a big time deal or anything. He was just a user who happened to have some pot on him. So now the guy they talked to in the school seems to have lied about the kid saying that he was dealing drugs. And that's kind of interesting. But, you know, it doesn't pay off yet. No, it doesn't pay off yet, but that will pay (laughs) off later. And before they get to the sex club, we also get the scene where Chris does a fake assault on his oh. on his girlfriend wearing the scream mask yep wearing the scream mask all right and then they uh then tony spends that night uh right going over finding something very interesting that when he got through the stomach contents of their victim she had been fed a bunch of middle eastern food and he's like that's weird he's giving her food from home like, is he trying to befriend her? Like, why is he, but why is he tying her up if he's trying to make her comfortable? So what, what on earth is going on here? These two parts of the profile don't make sense. Are you a sadist or are you a guy who tries to, are you a, uh, what the, the sadist who loves the pain and the torture? Or are you the guy who imagines they have a relationship with their victim right up until you kill them? Right up until they stop living the fantasy and you kill them. And so it's like Tony doesn't understand the two different parts of this. Like how these things work with one another. Yes. And he's. And he does his wonderful Tony thing of imagining the strangulation. (laughs) Trying to put himself in the. uh, Doing the thing that. Yeah. And again, this has remained consistent throughout the show. Is Tony always picturing himself not as the killer, but as the victim? Yes, and it it is interesting because it does give him some real insight as to why they had all of these um, marks on their arms and their legs and yeah. their neck. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were being held. He still doesn't come to the yeah correct the important part conclusion about it yet because his neighbor decides to blast music. Yeah. So Tony goes, because we haven't talked about the fact that Tony did go to see a lawyer. And the lawyer said, no, you have to be at this hearing. Tony says, I'll try and make it. Tony doesn't make it. But but before, before the lawyer scene, remember, this is where Chris is at his girlfriend's house and her creepy ex-husband throws a paint can through the window. Yes. Yeah. Oh, did... There is nothing about like it is not a scary show. It is not one that made me want to cry. It is not one that has any kind of emotional. It, there's no there's no emotional resonance, resonance to this. 
free to this episode and because not one of the people that you meet yeah because yeah. we never meet the victims no and, well one of them well one of them but we yeah. meet one of them but by that point we don't particularly um empathize with that yeah. particular victim yeah, I, yeah she's screwing up her own life quite a bit yes yeah so it's um but yes tony has to be at the hearing or he's gonna risk the guy getting a uh what do you call it? No, he, uh, no no because there are two hearings the first hearing tony doesn't make it to and yeah. so the injunction is upheld and then the guy is doing all of this after that like yeah. it's not an injunction against tony yet and so the guy is doing this. Tony goes out and starts looking in his mailbox and starts screaming at him to tell him to take the music down. Yep. Tony can't sleep because the music is so loud. Like it's a townhouse situation. Oh, it's literally next door. Yes, he's next. This guy is next door to Tony and it's this townhouse. So, of course, the walls are not that mm-hmm. thick between Tony can't sleep. Yeah. And so. And so he's a little dazed the next day when he comes in. But this is when he explains how the uh how the restraints work. Yes. Yeah. Finally understands how the restraints work. And now they're going to go and have the raid on the Ugh. sex club, which yep. is a private a sex completely club. private sex club. Right. And they manage. And this is where we get something weirdly confusing. So the madam, Electra, who's in charge of it, uh, you know, nothing wrong with her. Uh, she's a perfectly acceptable character. She's just doing her thing. My question, though, is there's I think it's a flaw in the writing. Because she both says that she vets all of the people who are coming in but also that she has no records of who her clients are. Well, then how did you vet them? Yes. Well, she was lying. I guess. <laughs> that's a, that's all you can say because, uh, be, but no, it is a flaw because when we do get to one of the, one of the members. Yeah. Right. Who um, is, I won't say who he is at this point, but yeah. she does. She recognizes. She obviously like, doesn't have his name, but she recognizes him. And that's my problem. It's like, so yeah. like, why so, do you claim to have vetted these people when you obviously didn't vet these people? Like, Well, because she's, be- and I guess because she wants to make herself look better. I guess. I mean, she it, is, yeah. she is, she is one of those red herrings though, that, I mean, I don't even know why was that missing. She is missing because what's happened is all of these people are missing arms and legs and things. Yeah. And of course, she's missing an arm. Yep. Yeah. She's she lost it. Oh, and uh, this is the the reason they're here, and there's this winds up being significant is the latest victim. This is where she worked as a dominatrix. Yes. yes. That latest victim. That and that was her sexual addiction she yeah. was dominatrix and but we get the visuals and you're just i'm looking at some of this stuff and I I just point, oh my i mean there's some some relatively simple stuff but there's yeah, some just lots of people in opening elaborate visuals. spiky leather outfits oh my god that bra with the site eight inch eight yeah. inch 
spikes instead of nipples. And oh, they're mm. they're quite elaborate in their gear at this at this, at this particular. Brothel. Yeah, it's yes, it is very. It's technically not a brothel. Everybody comes. Every she comes does not and out, and nobody charges. Wink, wink. Yes, nobody charges anything, and yes. If they accept gifts, she doesn't know the woman who owns this particular club. She doesn't know mm-hmm. about any of it. But yes, they might. And so, of course, then Alex is, well, then who might have yeah. right, um, given her gifts, right? Yeah. But they do know that this is a big problem. It's a huge, yeah. It's a and very, very and then you get the funny the 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 funny part, which is the principal from the school is there. Mm-hmm. And so they pick him up. And it turns out, of course, that he had been seeing the 15-year-old. Who got kicked out. Who got kicked out. And he's going, well, he was counseling him. Yep. Well, you said you didn't know him. You didn't, well, he was it was just, and well, yes, we met in these restaurants a few times. Mm-hmm. And well, he really, really liked pizza and, you know, Tony's pushing him, but it, it's so unpleasant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's and, very creepy. And it is one of the chain of contrivances that we're going to get into in this episode. Oh, God. And then Tony makes the connection that, wait a sec, this kid, because the coroner has come up with the meals that these these yeah. four people have in their stomachs. Yes. Just before they're killed. And he's going, but the principal just said that they he really preferred pizza. Yeah. So why has he got this stuff in his stomach? Yeah, this elaborate Caribbean food in his stomach. So now we're getting Tony's, the brains are starting to, the wheels are starting to connect. Yeah. It's starting to turn around that there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's not giving them food that they like or they want. Oh, that's later. That's much later yes. that he figures that out. That is, yeah. that it, is you're that, jumping way is, ahead. But th- this is well, the start of that. This right? is the beginning of it. Yeah. So unpleasant. It is. It is a deeply unpleasant episode. But apparently he and the, uh, uh, and this is the important part, they always went to the same restaurant. Yes. This always called- went to the same restaurant. And that is important coming qu- relatively quickly. That is important. Well, and one of the guys says, yes, but we go through so many people. I never notice. Yeah, But the important part, Tony's who? been listening to the guy and it has been listening to the guy and his statement is, there's no way he's the killer because this killer is an extreme sadist. Yes. And the fundamentally, this guy has the most classic masochist reversal obsession fetish there is, which is he, he all day long, he bosses people around as a headmaster of school and then he needs to go and get whipped. Yeah. You know, so he's like in every way a cliche. There's no way this guy could possibly be the killer. And we've got, uh, he's also got a witness. Uh, they find out he's got an alibi for the night of the girl's disappearance. And 
the chef the chef at the restaurant doesn't remember seeing them at the restaurant. They're unable to confirm that story. But uh, as the chef says, 300 people come in here a night. No, I wouldn't remember one middle-aged man and one teenage boy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, then we cut in briefly with uh, Chris's girlfriend, who's at school, and she sees a car outside driving away. Ooh, and she seems nervous about it. Yeah, and you and you are led to believe that that's her ex-husband, yeah. who has been stalking her and who has been harassing her, and she has had taken out a protection order against. against. Yeah. And it and that protection order, of course, fits in with the coincidentally, of course. Yes. With the um killings beginning. Yeah. In, in an amazing coincidence, oh, the protection order started just when the murder stayed. Uh so Chris okay. drops by her house and she breaks up with him and he leaves a whip that he took from the brothel <laughs> because Chris is terrible at his job. Because <laughs> he figured that she'd be interested in using it, right? He, he thought this would be cool. And she's going, but I've been trying to tell you I don't want to do this anymore. I yeah. don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I've and been trying this, to tell you. Yeah. And he, you refuse to listen. Yeah. And this is, by the way, and this next scene is the scene where we get the news about what was in people's stomachs and the fact that, spoiler alert, uh, yeah, they, they weren't being fed stuff because they liked it. Yes. They, uh, they need to, but he needs to figure out why he was controlling them. Right. Yes. And he, and he thinks, and they specifically say that a woman was doused, doused with whiskey and she never drank. Yes. Right? And so the question is, why would he do this? And he's like, and Tony's first thought is it's another, just like tying them up, giving them food they hate is another method of control. Yes. Yeah. To see if they will still comply. Yeah. And then, so uh, Tony goes back to Electra and says, okay, well, here's the thing. This guy is amputating the limbs off of victims. Do you know anyone who, like, was obsessed, like, who maybe came to your club just because you had a missing arm and was very interested. And so she, <laughs> yeah. And so she mentions a guy who worked in plastics and who is a devotee of the uh, amputee community. And she's like, like all of my other clients, I don't know his name. I'm like, well, then how did you vet him? Yes. <laughs> I just, I wish someone would push back on the statement of, you know, I vet them all personally. Well, then how do you not know his name? But anyway, yeah. she says yeah, that no. uh, one time she was in the shopping center and she saw him there. So yes. maybe check that out. So Tony decides to check that out. To do just that. And while he, <laughs> he notices a wall full of mannequins, and he's like, this must be the, uh, this must be the connection. Why? He must work in mannequins. Like, that's why he was in the mall. Or, yeah. Yeah, that's why he was likely in the mall. An obsession with mannequin. And he works in plastics, is what she told him. And Tony's like, that must be the connection. An obsession. Like, oh. he must be working in this field. Yes. And he called himself Michelangelo. Michelangelo, a sculptor. Exactly. He named himself after a famous sculptor. Yes. Well, and painter. But for for our purposes here, it's the yes. sculpture the most relevant. But then, uh, Tony's neighbor is there. <laughs> And announces that Tony has been stalking him and has the cops arrest him. 
And so, yeah, the mall cops oh, are right. Poor Tony. Alex has to come and save him. Yeah, oh, but she Tony. doesn't want to go because she gets a phone call. Yep. Oh, and uh, of course, the phone call the is woman. the woman has just been abducted. She or goes to see somebody in the same abduction. car. Well, no, but we see it happen. Mm-hmm. We see that he comes to, uh, you know, she goes out to her car. Well, not her car. She, she goes out to the car she saw. Yeah. She gets the text. Yeah. She goes to talk to the guy in the car and he grabs her. Yep. So, and, yikes. And strangely enough, it is her, one of her fellow teachers who actually called the cops. Yeah. Now, we, simply because this woman never was late and... She was supposed to be back by two and it's now four and she's yeah. not here and there has to be something wrong. And she says that the woman would often go to meet a boyfriend at lunch. But, yes. and so I didn't, you know, I never found it weird that she left at lunch, but she always came back. And of course, yes. Collins is listening in on all of this. And even if you thought he was the killer somehow, the surprise on his face when he's listening in on this makes it 100% clear that he cannot be the killer. Not that he tells anybody that he knew her. Ugh. What a jerk. I mean, you cannot. Sort yep. of, there's just this massive lack of mm-hmm. empathy for Dude. <laughs> I know, it's you so know? frustrating. You know, and I mean, they do the nice little <laughs> things and that, you know, like the, like the teacher says, well, I'm sure she was just having sex and it was just a, a, a thing. And so, well, how do you know? Well, you know, she came back with her dress inside out one time. <laughs> Dead giveaway. That's a pretty <laughs> good clue. And I'm going, okay, a dress inside out. I could see maybe a blouse inside out. Or well, something, maybe it was but a never very mind. Dress, I... and maybe it was one of those ones where the inside, like where the pattern wasn't a lot lighter on the inside than the outside, so you didn't notice right away when you were in a hurry. I know that's a bit of a stretch. That is a stretch. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit. Of, it's a bit of. As a woman, I would say that's no, really a bit of a stretch. a stretch. You're absolutely right. Particularly given the clothes that she wore. Yeah. You see, I mean, that's the thing. She was a teacher, and given the clothes she wore. That one is like that. It's a bit of a stretch is, that that would be the thing that the woman remembered. You're absolutely right. Yes, and here, here's it. It gets so weird because they then think it's her ex husband. Yeah, and they find out what her ex husband does. But I, you know, you right away. You're just going. Somebody says, "Well, she was." Maybe she was trying to get, I guess it's Chris trying to get back with her ex-husband. But we saw her get into the car and she's very happy to see the person that she's getting into the car with. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a friendly sort of thing. And you're just going, why would she behave that way with her (laughs) ex-husband? I don't know. It doesn't really training, You know, and... I would assume that Chris saying that is probably Chris's way of trying to figure out um, whether or not why she just wanted to stop seeing him. Yeah. You know, that's. Probably, I think that's, yeah, I think you can safely say that that's rationalization. On rationalization his on his part. Um, but, you know, then they find out about the ex-husband. Well, he 
you know, Alex, well, first of all, Tony drags Alex back to the shopping mall to go and mm-hmm. see the mannequins. And then they see this guy. And in an ama- yeah, in an amazing coincidence, her husband is actually there. Is that guy, yeah. is the plastics guy. So he's always been into yeah. um, mannequins. De- deviant, deviant sexuality. That is the and- nicest possible way to put it. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So, of course, he's the prime suspect, needless to say. Ah, but before that happens, let's not forget that the extra thing that, uh, the thing that triggers Chris having to confess of their relationship is that Chris gets mailed oh! her ring finger. Oh, it was horrible. This episode. <laughs> Oh it my God, this episode. This screams, right? It falls out. And Tony, of course, is the one that picks up, says, okay, Alex, we've got to go talk. And yeah. Chris, you have to You come. have to come with us. And as he says, uh, why aren't the only, like, this is a finger. It's being sent to make a point. Sometimes they reach, uh, if the criminals want to reach out, they will generally reach out to Alex, who's the head of the investigation, or me, who's the one in the media talking about how I'm profiling them. Who are you, and, and why would they ma- message you? Well, I don't know. Oh, Just, well, they oh, found oh. my name. No, this is a specific. It is the this is ring finger. Yeah. This is personal. It was sent to you. Yeah. So, how well did you know, Christine? Yeah. Or whatever her name was. Yeah, Charlotte, I think. Charlotte, yeah. yes. Whatever her name was. Yeah. But of course he did have, but the thing is, and this is the last gasp of Chris being a suspect, because of course he had an alibi for her abduction. So there's no conceivable way he was involved in the crimes, but he tells them that she dumped him. uh, Right. And that he hasn't seen her since, and he doesn't have any information. And Paul is just like, uh, yeah, except you kept this a secret. So you're off the team. Yeah, it's Get not the Paul. Hell out of here. Alex. Oh, yes, Alex. Alex says, sends him home. Sends him home and says, You're off the team because obviously I can't trust you because you withheld this. Yes. And Paula is the one she's, that she sends off to take Chris's statement. Yeah. And then sends send him, him home. home. Exactly. And so now they go to the shopping mall and this is where they catch him. Yes. And, and so they, he tries to flee because, you know, he's a creepy dude. And he violated his, uh, I mean, he, and spoiler alert, as we said, husband ate the killer, but he fled because he violated his restraining order and, uh, you know, threw a uh, paint can bed. through the window. So, yeah, he knows they, the cops would be wanting to see him. So it's completely believable that he would run in that circumstance. Yeah, I think that actually, yes. that makes 100% perfect sense. Uh, yeah, except he wouldn't know that she disappeared. No, either. he doesn't know. But it has he knows, nothing to well, do. Exactly. But that's the point. Yeah. Like, he's not running because she disappeared. He's running because he thinks they're coming to arrest him for violating the restraining order. Which is a completely reasonable thing for him to assume that someone would be want to do to him. Because, you know, he had been committing crimes. Uh, but he gets arrested and they bring in Electra and she confirms that, yes, in fact, he is the creepy guy who is obsessed with her uh, missing limb. And so now they do the interrogation of him. And, oh, this guy. Colette, not Charlotte. Her name was Colette. Uh, But this guy is such a creep. 
I mean, they really, whoever directed these guys. Yeah. Oh, and who, you know, did a really good job of making sure that they were as unpleasant, but believable right? as possible. Like, they, like all of these people are believable and you just want to go and yeah. take a shower after you've seen all these different people. Oh, absolutely. Like, like it's just, it, again, it's a bleak episode in a lot of ways. Yeah, but uh, they go through and they interview him and he refused to say where his workshop, he refuses to say where his workshop is and he refuses to admit to anything. Uh, but they do manage to, uh, they do manage to track down his workshop and when they get to the workshop, Ah, uh, they, uh, find, oh, by the way, in the cheapest moment in the world, they're like, and this happened in the edit, obviously, Tony bumps into a chair and there's like a creepy doll in it. And they <laughs> looped in like evil laughter as if the doll <laughs> laughed. I'm like, yeah, you didn't have to do that show. <laughs> You're trying to gild the lily a little there. I, yeah, I think know. adding in a creepy doll laugh. This is. <laughs> a messed up enough episode as it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so they find a severed limb there and they're like, how many victims does this guy have? Right? He's yes. got seven hands, two with complete forearms, you know, legs. It's very creepy. And, and they're, they're like, real. People did? And they're real. They're limbs. They're human yes. limbs. So they're like, how many people has this guy killed? It's unbelievably creepy. And And Tony is like, why, how is he refusing to talk? Right. And he's enjoying Alex trying to get stuff out of him. He's enjoying feeling his power over her. It's like, how can we get him to talk? Right. And then the, the thing that, uh, Tony points out is this is a guy who all of his stuff is all of it. He's got no assaults in his record. And he finds it weird that a sadist like this on this level could not have a history of actually assaulting his wife rather than just doing this creepy stalking stuff because there was no recorded history of violence that she did not complain about. And she, if there had been a history of violence, of course it would have mentioned, <laughs> she would have mentioned it when she was filing the restraining order. Right. Like there would be no reason not to. Yes. Yeah. And so he's like, and this is not the kind of extreme sadist we're looking for. And as they're talking about this, Paula rushes in and finds out that they've got a fingerprint match to one of the victims in the, uh, right, in the, that they found in his workshop. And so Tony and uh, Alex go off to notify the next of kin that they found the body. And <laughs> instead, <laughs> oh, they so find funny. a woman. They find a woman who's had her arm surgically removed because of a medical issue. And as Tony says, awkward, oh. yeah. No. So, yeah, it turns out the guy was not killing people. He had bribed an orderly at a hospital <laughs> to whenever he was supposed to dispose of severed limbs to sell them to him instead. Yes. Again, this episode. If it couldn't get any creepier than, you know, you this guy think, being a serial well, look, that's killer. every part of this episode. Every time you think it can't get creepier, this episode gets so much more disgusting. <laughs> All these oh. disgusting. Yeah. People. Yep. <laughs> and then they find out that Colette is already dead. 
Yeah. Then uh, he comes in because the court, but the coroner says he been had been doing a necropsy on. Yeah, the but uh, before that happens, you've forgotten that. Uh, what have I Tony, forgotten? Well, Tony's not allowed to go home because he didn't show up. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> he didn't, <laughs> oh, he didn't yeah. bother showing up for the hearing, so he can't go home. Right. And yes. then because he can't go within 50 yards of, of his man. own house and he lives next so, door. And he lives so. right next door so we can't go home. <laughs> and there's going to be yet another hearing. Yeah. Oh my god. And Tony had better show up this time. because he'll be in contempt if he doesn't. But the key part here is, right? He has to <laughs> He has to stay over at Alex's. Yes. And Alex's son starts talking about how he helped with dinner. And this yes. is the scene you've forgotten, because when he's talking about how much he helped with dinner and how you prepare the dinner is by putting garlic in and rubbing oil in it and then putting a whole lemon inside the chicken before you roast it, because that keeps it moist and the flavor gets into it. Right? Yes. And then Tony, as he's listening to this, is like, oh, my God. I Alex. know what was happening. And he asks yes. Alex to come to the next room and she's like, what? And he's like. He's he, the reason they had all been fed this stuff that they wouldn't normally eat is because he was trying to flavor their meat. He's eating these people. Yes. If, oh. if it, a, Alex is going because he's talking about, and this is why we don't find any drugs, and this is why he's keeping them alive. Yep. Because he doesn't want to mess with the quote unquote meat. The, the meat. The quality and Alex of the is meat. just understandably Alex, upset at this revelation. Well, yeah, because she knows where he's going when he starts to talk. Yep. And you can see it in her face yep. that she's going, I don't want to hear this. Yeah. And then, of course, her son comes bopping in <laughs> and, and hears just a couple of words and, and they make something up, right? Yep. Because they're not going to tell the son what of course he's, not. You know, but, what, yeah. what, but it's just like, first of all, Tony doesn't want to talk. Yep. And Alex sees it in his face that he's, he's connected it something. Out. Yeah. And and she yeah, and it's just like if it can't get any worse, it just Anytime keeps, you think this worse. episode can't get worse, it's going to turn out you're wrong every you're wrong. single time. <laughs> right? So okay, yes, then after this the coroner says, yeah. "Look, the finger was already she's they dead. did yeah. They did a necropsy analysis. She was already dead when the finger was cut. Mm -hmm. So that means she's dead. And then Tony has to figure out, okay, well, what happened then? She must have fought back and she refused to fit in with his general scheme of things. Yeah. She struggled she and got killed. I mean, effectively for his purposes, accidentally. Because yes. she hadn't had time to be fed. BTW, right before this scene, is the scene where Chris gets a mysterious uh, phone call. Yes. Right. And we don't see who called him, but we do see that he's going to go meet somebody. Oh, right? dear. I know. And but uh, Tony's like, uh, well, I mean, he wants a victim. He wants to eat somebody. And, and he's angry. Victim's dead and he's angry. Well, he's already focused on Chris with the finger. So let's go get Chris. And by the time they get to his place, he's already gone somewhere and be, been abducted. And then we see Chris tied up in a basement in the rig that we've been told about this whole time. Oh. 
Yeah, this scene gets real. Well, Ooh. and then, yes, as I said, it just can't get any. It just keeps getting creepier. So you see this thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, Chris says, but I'm a cop and they're going to hound you down. And the man is dressed. In a full bondage outfit. Yeah, but you don't know because at this point you think, well, maybe it is the woman, Electra. Yeah, because it's a full elaborate bondage outfit. The person is pointedly doesn't tell, doesn't say anything. Like, it could be anyone. Yes. Pointedly, it could be anyone. Although I think it couldn't be Electra because we might see that it's not, uh, that he has both hands. But they are very I tried to look. I I tried to see if you could see the left hand arm and you I never think you do can, yeah you never see the left arm in that entire sequence yeah so you you're left supposedly with that being it electric. is one of the possibilities looks, yeah looks as if she's the only one like she's the only one left <laughs> in this <laughs> yeah. whole scenario i know right right because they didn't do their due diligence way back when but yeah. anyway we won't talk. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah, so you don't know. And plus, he's behaving very effeminate. Oh, absolutely. There is a there is an effeminate way to the movement of the character in that scene for that exact yes. misleading purpose. Yes. So you're, you know, because that's no, where you were you're right going. to point that. You're absolutely right to point that out. Yes. And it, that is what they're trying to make mm-hmm. the viewer think because yeah. we've still got another 10 minutes or so to go to the episode. episode right we heaven forbid we should be anywhere near close i know right and so they think <laughs> okay wait a minute uh are we underthinking this like we've uh we've already established what a huge amount of um what a huge amount of this is uh sorry focused on food Maybe it's that chef who said who could have conceivably <laughs> okay. noticed another red herring. I know, like what a red, really the chef. Come on, the chef. And of course, they go to the restaurant, and it's his day off. And it's his day off. Do do do. But no, he's just at home with his boyfriend. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a little pissed? No kidding. <laughs> that the cops showed up. I know. I think quite understandably, I, I feel that frustration. So now they've got no red herrings except for Electra. Yeah. And so like they've got running, no. Well, yes, so no obvious red, like suspects. No obvious suspects except for Electra. Yeah. And this is the key part. And then they were talking about it, right? And so Tony and <laughs> Alex start talking about it, and they start talking about Electra. They talk about victimology and they talk about how like with that, uh, someone like Electra, you can, you know, the thing about her is you can talk to her and like you can share your darkest secret and every, and all of these people were troubled in their own way. And then he finally gets there. He finally figures it out. Why they didn't do, why they didn't do this victim. I guess Tony was too uh, preoccupied with his next door neighbor to yeah. think clearly because they, they, Tony is always focused on the victims. Yeah. All these victims have certain things in common. Mm-hmm. And we already know. Now, so, but they still leave it that you think when Tony comes up with this, that he's going to go see Electra. Yeah. But instead, 
Uh, we do see a, uh, we do see a scene where the, uh, the killer, you know, starts trying to feed oh, Chris, Chris saying that, you know, Hey, maybe if you live long enough, the cops will save you. But then Chris disgustedly spits the food back in the killer's face. And so the killer shoves him off of the, uh, ugh, the, shoves the, him off of the, the bricks he's standing on. So that he'll strangle. Yeah. Ugh. And he manages to get one foot back on a brick. Yeah, just barely. We do see him manage to get one foot back on a brick and yeah. pull himself up. But he can't pull himself up all the way. Yeah. And so then uh, Tony <laughs> goes to see the therapist. Yes. Tony goes to see the therapist and starts talking about his horrible neighbor who, you know, thinks he's persecuting him and thinks he's trying to, like who is obsessed with Tony and how much, how frustrating all of this is. And it's a cute little scene. And, and, and yeah. the killer, because we know this is the yeah. killer. We figured that one out way back when, oh, but yeah. he, he gives Tony this. Yes. Well, they always want to be antagonistic, mm -hmm. right? No matter what it is, right? You can't yep. sort of be reasonable in the rest of it mm -hmm. with these, you know, um, they always want to have something to be angry about. Yep. And um, then Tony goes into his shtick. Yeah. Starts talking about the various victims and how this is similar to all of them. And starts talking about all of the people who needed help and all who had problems they wanted to deal with and how they all came to you, the killer. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then, of course, the... Uh... <laughs> and the first... He says, and you aren't even Gabriel Byrne or whatever his name no, was. Uh, Gabriel, uh, not Gabriel Byrne. Uh, no, anyway, I know. Michael but something. No. Yeah. Yes. And, no, uh, no, not Michael. That's Michael the name Bryant. he gives himself. No, he gives himself the name Michael later on. That's true. The guy that he killed, the, he killed the original. Gabriel Bryant, yes. The original guy. Yes, Gabriel Bryant. And he. Um, yeah, he killed the original guy. And, uh, and he takes the over, therapist took, who over. took over his practice. And as Tony yeah. says, it seems like they should have looked into this a little harder because the actual guy was from New Zealand. Yeah. And he had only been in Bradfield, like he arrived in Bradfield, started setting up his practice, then immediately got murdered. Uh, right. And the thing is, it's like, you didn't look into enough to this guy to figure out that he should have had an accent. But yeah, they didn't check out the background I, of I'm this telling guy at you, all. They didn't check out the background of the victims and, and find out whether they were getting therapy of any sort. To be fair. Because obviously. To be fair, he was asking, like, there would be, like, no specific record because he had all of them pay cash. I'm sure. Well, yes. But no, yes. no, they wouldn't have asked the counselor, but they might have talked. To, to one of their friends about it, yes. They're friends and find out if they were going into counseling and things like that. Because once you know that this counselor had seen one of the victims. You should have checked into everybody. You should have checked whether or not he was a commonality in Although, this. Although, to, be fa to, be, to be fair to the characters, I will say this. It would have been hard to do in both those cases. Because the the one woman, right, the dominatrix, would not have... Uh, you know, confided in that stuff in her family. And the other one was a homeless teenager. So there weren't a lot of people they talked to about their lives. 
is my point there. So it's like, it might not have been very easy to get that information out, is all I'm saying. But they didn't even try. No, you're right that they didn't even, I'm not saying they shouldn't have tried. Not until so, so So late late. in the story. No, you're absolutely right. Then they finally, oh, they all have this thing in common. Well, no, Uh duh. All right, but then we get the fun, the like legit (laughs) super fun of Tony's final comeuppance of his villain. Yes. Well, anyway, so they do find... Yeah. No, no, but they they find... No, they rescue Chris, and they put the guy in jail, but then Tony has to deal with his situation (laughs) and this guy's delusions of persecution. And Tony's like, wait, well, you know, instead of trying to claim there's nothing going on, I can use the fact that he's got delusions of persecution. And, and so, so he, what uh, does he do? He, he pretends that they're all Masons. No, no, he, but what he does, yeah. no, but what he does, he said, it's okay. Yeah, I agree to easy. everything. It's fine. I'm fully in compliant. I will be fully compliant with all of this. Well, no, but and he yes. specifically does the thing where he says, yeah. not that I, I admit I was wrong, but that I will, I completely trust and will comply with the judge's decision. And then yes. he turns and like, touches his nose in a suspicious way (laughs) to again make the guy think they were all freemasons so then the guy goes off and says that it's all a fix and everyone's out to get him and he winds up being hospitalized because he really does have serious mental problems but because you know quite understandably tony was the only one saying it yes you know who on earth would believe him right yeah and then this, so they all saw it in open court. And yes. then we end with Tony becoming the therapist for the, the killer. serial killer. Yeah. And this is where he introduces himself as Michael, a fallen angel. Yes. That's right. After five years, we're finally doing a Hannibal Lecter thing on the show. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter, Mr. Frost, however you want to look at it. But that's what they're yes. doing this time. And it's interesting. And, but of course, this is going to go, this is going to spin out over the rest of the season. So we'll talk about it as it goes. <sighs> All right. So other than them missing, like not bothering <laughs> to check if this guy's background at all, right? Then that is a big problem with the episode. I really do think, you know, our joking aside, this is a very solid episode of the show. Oh, it's solid, but it had so many but the problem weird you have problems. To, like, the problem you have to accept for this show to work is that, like, so many of the victims had these completely random connections. Yes. Like, one of the victims was a dominatrix at a location frequented by one of the the husband of one of the other victims <laughs> who is coincidentally in a relationship with one of the cops working on the case. And the, and the woman who runs the sex club ha- is, has an amputated arm. Yeah. Is wearing a prosthetic I arm, know. right? It like, like they're <laughs> it's just like, it's okay, this is weird number too. of coincidences. Yes. And they're all going to the same therapist. And all of these people are going to the same therapist. And, oh, and the guy who knew one of the other victims is also a member of the sex club. Yes. And so, so wait, 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 wait. It's like everyone in the town either go, wait, goes to the, 
like either is or knows someone who goes to this sex club, goes to this therapist, or both of those things. Like, because it's like you got the woman who worked at the sex club and was a therapist. You have the woman whose husband was a member of the sex club and she went to the therapist, and you got the one who he went to the therapist and the principal who was talking to him went to the sex sex club. club, There are so (laughs) many, and it's important that the sex club has nothing to do with the murder. That's what's so bizarre. And And everyone's connected to the sex club, which, and it's an amputation, the murderer and the head of the sex club has a missing arm. Oh, and you're just going, Bradfield is not that small. I know. You know, if this was a tiny little Miss Marple village. Yeah, then that's okay. No, this is too preposterous. If this had been Midsummer's murders, I would have even accepted it. This is like, this is supposed to be like the North, a nice big city in Yorkshire-ish, you know? (laughs) Like, there's no way all of these people would have a completely random connection to this. To this sex club. I just don't believe it. Or the therapist, yeah. Well, that's the whole problem. But the pro- the thing is, is that until you start thinking about it and you start talking about yeah. it, right? Because it oh. is such a... I, I don't know the word. It is just such a deplorable all of these people are just deplorable and you never get to the closest well i said well we we never meet any of the victims except for colette yeah and you know it's not if she had even told if she had even told chris at one point look i'm going to start i'm seeing a therapist yeah. And I want to get out of this because we did find the whole disgusting issues with her husband, mm-hmm. which was that he wanted her to amputate part of her body so that he could, I guess, have sex with her. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I, it's weird. And she wouldn't do it. I mean, that yeah. we missed that when we were but, talking I mean, that's, about. That's just like, yeah, when we were talking about what his fixation with the icing on the cake. That, yeah, because I mean, I think we glossed over it. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, he was so obsessed with the beauty of severed limbs that he wanted his wife to get one of her limbs voluntarily cut off to prove that she loved him. Yes, and then he would keep the arm, and I guess that uh, that would be. Knows. I just, you know, as I said, there was nothing about this episode that doesn't just get more and make more. Your stomach, like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, but it doesn't. It doesn't upset me in the way some of the earlier episodes have upset no. me. Like, that was the funny thing. I can watch it. I can say, yeah, this is just one thing after another, after another. These yep. people are just so messed up. It was like we said the other day about something else. Jeez, all these people should be in therapy. <laughs> right. Every single solitary one of them. No, that's, that's the only sane reaction. The only sane reaction to this, but it is not emotionally resonant. No. And the very fact, I mean, you could even go, so why did they, well, no, I guess somebody came up with the idea for this episode because I have seen nothing in the books up to this point. And I've read now almost all of the books that 
this could be based on yeah. because you get bits and pieces out of some of the other books that have shown up in episodes. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's b- beside the point. Like they'll just take a little snippet of something in a book and then turn it into a wire in the blood episode. Right. Uh, with different people. And some of them are with Alex like, Oh yeah, I recognize this. So they've, they've taken this and riffed off this, but there's nothing that I have found so far. And that's what I will say. Cause there's two or three books I haven't read yet. Yeah. Um, yeah that riffs that would create this kind of an episode is just like, and then as you say, this business of everybody's either going to the killer as a counselor or the sex club or or the sex club or both or both. Everybody is, it isn't even, you know, seven to Kevin Bacon. It's like one. Yeah. It's one. Everyone in this is separated by one degree. And the killer had no way of knowing that and does not use that information. It literally is just a complete coincidence. Yes. So that we can have red herring after red herring after red herring after red herring. Like normally you have one or two red herrings. But this one's bad. It was all red herring. Yeah. If you didn't didn't figure out at the beginning that the psychologist was so creepy, he had to be the killer. Yeah, because like, you never you just, saw him again. No, he's in one scene. He's in one scene, and you don't <laughs> see him again until yeah. he's Michael. Yeah, I know. At the end, till they catch him, and he's Michael. Yeah, you it's, know, so. it's a weird episode, and it's a frustrating <laughs> episode for a lot of reasons. Yeah, and the thing is, it's not—it's not that it's a bad episode. It's like we keep saying, it's a lot of fun, but it's like so contrived right at the end that it's a problem. And and they're trying to give Tony the excuse that his brain is preoccupied with his neighbor. Exactly. That he so that this is why he didn't come to it faster, and you know, and they say. You know, even this business of, you know, when when Chris comes back and says he's going to do CCTV stuff and Paul has been left to go from neighbor neighbor to neighborhood. You know, Alex doesn't even question that. Like, these are the little things that you think of. Like, Alex, why aren't you questioning this? Because Chris doesn't want to go with Paula from neighbor to neighbor because I sure they'll all recognize him. Yeah, they'll all recognize him as the boyfriend. Mm hmm. You know, and so you're just going, oh, jeez. But never mind. It was a, it is a fun episode in a bizarre way until you start to talk. It, until you start trying to break down the plot and be like, well, actually, that wasn't, that wasn't great. And that wasn't great. And that really wasn't great. And then you realize, okay, it had a lot more problems. But it's the episode that gets us Michael, who's going to be pretty important later. So yeah. it's, it's kind of. It is kind of weird, though, when you think in terms of a film script and in terms of TV, like this is like a TV movie, right? An hour and a half. And, you know, when you think about it, yes, if a movie is well enough or bizarrely enough constructed, let me put it that way, you can actually not, you get so caught up in the, in this case, the horror of what's going on. That you don't that think you about never all stop. of the plot holes. No, you don't think about all of the bizarre, this, this, the coincidences and the, the contrivances and yeah. 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 Until you start talking about it. And it's that way with mm-hmm. Criminal Minds too and some of the other ones. But this, really if is. we don't usually 
have this kind of problem in wire in the blood. No, no, we don't. But it, I have to admit, in many ways, it's kind of a, 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 a yes, it's a fun, bizarre episode. It's a fun episode. I'm not going to say it's not. I didn't no. have a good time watching it. I did. It it's is very. Just, it is grotesque and creepy and horrible yes. and one thing after another. And Chris is such, you know, an awful person. Like it's compelling in its own way, but it is. You get to the end and you're like, how did we end up here? Yeah. How did we end up here? You know, like, come on. Oh, God. And he was a cannibal, okay. too. Ugh. On top of everything else, at least we didn't see any of that. Yeah. And it's honestly like it, it, it's the kind of thing where here you completely get right. You You understand how he got there. So it's not as bad as the Criminal Minds episodes, and there were only a couple of those ever, where we're like, we get to the end of the episode and we're like, I have no idea how they solved this case. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Like, did they cut a scene where they figured this case out or something? Or they found well, we've, we've talked about that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It only happened a yes. few times on Criminal Minds. And here, it's not that bad, but it's actually, like, it's so contrived that it's close to that bad. Yes. Exactly. Now, is it as bad as an FBI agent running in and pointing at a gun at Tony Hill, even though she knows Tony Hill's not the problem and not announcing that she's an FBI agent? No. What could be as bad as that? (laughs) Yes. Well, that episode was not good. (laughs) I mean, again, I'm not going to say I didn't like uh, Wire in the Blood, the movie, but I am going to say it wasn't good. No, it wasn't good. It's just that we enjoy... Look. The the key for the wire wire in the blood working is that Robson Green does a really oh, great he sells it every job. single week. The man uh, never yeah. does anything but just sell it completely. Yes, you know, and he still carries around everything in blue shopping bags. And it's really funny because I hadn't really thought about it before. Yeah. But obviously, blue plastic shopping bags were are standard in England. Because I've been watching other shows and every now and then, and you'll see them go into the store and come out with a blue, blue shopping bag. Grocery bags. Yeah. And I'm Interesting. going. Interesting. Oh, yeah, so that's um, why. Plastic. Yeah. I mean, it's just a standard. Just a normal it's thing like, for them. Like yesterday, I went and I usually bring my own bags, but I have a whole bunch of garbage in my car from my long trip. Yeah. I trips <laughs> over the over the break. And um so I said, yes, can I have a shopping bag? <laughs> One of the plastic ones. We, of course. I think people in Ontario or in Canada are allowed to use their 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 backlog. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Yeah, of bags. They just can't order new ones. They can't order new ones, but they can use their backlog. So, yeah. you know. And people, funny. a lot of people are switching over to paper bags. A lot of people are switching over oh. to bags that are made out of corn. Okay. But here's the problem. Yeah. With the paper bags, Go. is that they're not making them as thick as the paper bags that I grew up with. Yeah, there's they're not Shopping as thick as bags. they used to. That's they break. Changed. They do break they much more easily. Break. Oh, and there's nothing worse. There, they rip from the top, and it's just it's tough. No, I don't. I I well, I bring reusable all my bags. Complete. It is the better choice. All right. Yeah. Okay. So enough about groceries and Robson Green. Although Robson Green is the best. Uh, yes. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, again. Not a high point for the series by any means, but it is endearingly crazy. And we're going to have a lot to say about Michael as the season continues. So yes. look forward to that. 
Uh, for right now, though, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to watch, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, we'll, um, we would encourage you to rate and review it. That's how people find out about the show. We're going to see you back here next week for more Wire in the Blood and a discussion, a recap, really, of the new season of Criminal Minds as we look forward to the second half of the season starting up. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.